Welcome to the Massachusetts Youth Soccer Association Final Score Podcast, assisting the development of players, coaches, referees, and administrators one episode at a time. Now, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great episode on tap. We're excited to welcome Kelsey Griffith, mental skills specialist from Boston Children's Hospital. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. We're we're so excited to have you on because we're going to be talking about a subject that I honestly, personally, don't think we talk about enough, and that is being mentally resilient during this time of year. And by time of year, I mean back to standard time. It gets dark out so early now, gets a little bit depressing, feels so un, unmotivated. Uh, so we're going to kind of dive into that for our players and honestly, even to some tips for our parents as well on how we can uh, manage through this time of year. So let's jump right in. How can we maintain a positive mindset and just stay motivated during these winter months when it gets dark out so gosh darn early? It's, I think this is such an important topic to to discuss. I was just talking with one of our physicians actually about how dark it felt so early. And I was like, I know it happens every year. I've lived in Boston my whole life. Um, but I think one of the most important pieces to this is giving ourselves space to adjust to the new schedule and routine. Um, I think oftentimes we compare to past experiences, which is, you know, very normal. Um, but when we get stuck in that, I should be able to, because I used to be able to mentality, what it does is it pulls us out of the present and it, it shifts our attention away from, okay, well, that's what I used to be able to do when X was the situation, um, instead of focusing on what we can do now. So giving ourselves permission to say like, okay, this is new this time around. So how do I effectively navigate it? I think can be a really great starting point. Um, and in that, it allows us the opportunity to think about, all right, if this is the new, new, how do I work to show up my best as things are now, instead of expecting my best to be consistent across all situations, all moments, because that best is going to change. Um, and, and with that too, you know, we're really speaking to this idea of practicing self-compassion, um, giving yourself the same kind of understanding and kindness that you would give to someone else when they experience challenges or feel like they aren't showing up their best instead of, you know, feeling this sense of self-pity and getting stuck in these moments, recognizing that the challenge and this kind of newness and imperfection is really just a part of the shared human experience. Yeah, absolutely. Show ourselves a little bit of grace. Like we try to show others so important. Um, winter blues make it, so hard to stay active and engage in activities. Um, I know just yesterday um, I looked outside and thought, wow, it must be getting close to bedtime. It was six o'clock. And, and, and it just, I felt so defeated uh, just in that mindset because it seemed so much later. What mindset do we need to have to combat this issue and stay active? Yep, absolutely. Um, I had that same exact moment on uh, Sunday, actually, it was like 630. And I was ready to fall asleep on the couch. I was like, Oh, I still have I still have some good time in the day. Um, I think, you know, working to focus on what's controllable is really huge, right? So we can't change the fact that we live in New England, and the days are eventually going to be shorter, they're going to be colder, and things are going to have to shift around. Um, but going back to what I mentioned before, we can control 
how we show up, focus on what we can commit to. So things like our effort, our sense of confidence, our desire to achieve, right? Like those are our own and there's a sense of ownership over those. Um, And with that, you know, we're really looking at this idea of internal or intrinsic motivation. Um, And there's a great theory by DC and Ryan called the self-determination theory, where we look at the fact that humans like to have a sense of autonomy and competency and relatedness in their activity. If we can fulfill those three needs, it provides humans with this sense of choice and the ability to manage their own lives. And so something I like to talk about with my athletes is how do we incorporate that need for autonomy, competency, and relatedness as we're striving to do X, Y, or Z. Um, So that might be, you know, having an athlete have choice in their activities. So as the days are getting shorter and maybe that motivation is waning a bit, saying, listen, here's where we're at. You want to make sure that you're putting in an extra 20 minutes of practice a day. What does that practice look like? So rather than I have to do this thing every day I play, pull it out of a hat, make it exciting, give yourself choice in that. Um, Set those small goals and track your progress on those goals. Because when we see that my work is paying off, we're going to be far more apt to continue engaging in that behavior. And then finally, from the relatedness standpoint, you know, many of these athletes are engaged in structured practice. So they have their teams built in, but when they're putting in the work outside of practice, they might be alone, right? Or we can encourage them to say like, find a neighbor out in the driveway, play around with a friend or have an accountability buddy, right? If you're aiming to to continue to achieve these goals that might have been easier when the days were longer, when the days were warmer, let's add new pieces to that equation so that that same drive sticks around a bit more just by, by playing with new pieces of the recipe. I love the uh, the point that you brought up, control the controllables. That's something that I firmly believe in and have taught my kids and have preached on that so, so much over the years. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling to, you know, be active. We're feeling lethargic. What are some simple daily habits or routines that we can adopt to stay mentally resilient? Another great question. So, I think being proactive in our schedules can be really, really helpful. So if we know this change is coming, we know it might be harder to get stuff done. Um, Take a look at your schedule on a Sunday night. Say, okay, here's what I have for this week coming up. I have a lot of tests on Tuesday. So, you know, by Tuesday night, that day is going to feel even shorter maybe than it would otherwise. So maybe Tuesday is not the night I try to engage in that extra bit of practice at home in the driveway in the backyard. Um, now, I think it's important in saying this to recognize that like there are going to be sometimes we can't control when certain activities happen. So again, going back to that idea, like athletes are going to have to go to practice. And I, I was a dancer growing up. I had dance at eight o'clock at night. When I was in college, I had rehearsals at 1030 at night, you know, and I I couldn't change that just by nature of like, this is when the studio is available or when the field might be available. But if you're trying to maintain those habits outside of practice, do your best to take control of those moments. Identify where's my free time, right? And I think a lot of times 
humans are geared to look at their schedule from the like, this is when I'm busy mentality, right? So they block out, okay, nine to 11 is this and 12 to one is this. I actually really like to have my athletes create free time calendars. So they can have their like, here's my schedule. But then on the flip side, block out when it's open, right? Because when you see those moments of like, oh, I do have 20 minutes there. And like, yeah, I might like to get on my phone and scroll social media in that 20 minutes. If you can recognize that a lot can get done in 20 minutes and kind of capitalize on those opportunities, again, from a more proactive place, that can help find those moments to fit things in. And then humans like to be successful. We, we like to go after the things we want. And so as athletes start to, to find those moments of free time to capitalize on them, they actually start to derive a greater sense of satisfaction in that work, which then continues to propel them forward. Um, and, and with that, I mean, essentially, we're looking at like these itty bitty goals, right? They're working to say, here's what my goal is. Here's how I'm going to go after it. And then allowing them, going back to question one, that space to have some adaptability. If it doesn't work out on your Monday, but you've already looked ahead and you know that Wednesday is going to be a fairly open day, not a ton of homework, not a ton of tests the next day, it's okay if Monday has to become Wednesday, right? And giving themselves that permission to be adaptable to make those changes so that they can continue to show up their best regardless of the circumstances. Yes, grab those wins wherever <laughs> you can get them. We're talking yep. to uh, Kelsey Griffith, mental skills specialist, Boston Children's Hospital. We have the holidays upon us and people are experiencing so much stress during this time. How can we navigate these challenges and be positive, be resilient during this times when things get a little bit hectic and chaotic? It's, it's really such an interesting time of year because I, I think people are searching and excited for that joy. And yet at the same time, we're it's getting darker. The days are longer. Student athletes have now been in school for, you know, almost three months. So the, the monotony and regularity of that day to day can start to feel kind of heavy. Um, I think with, with this, it's really important to practice some stress management strategies. Um, I like to look at integrating stress management or any sort of self-care tools from this idea of habit stacking, right? So for these student athletes, it's really important to recognize they are busy, right? When when I was a kid, I was busy. And I feel like since then, you know, schedules have only gotten more full and more kind of like I am eating my snack and changing into my uniform in the car as I go to practice, maybe doing some homework because I have my laptop with me. You know, they're just, they're on the go all the time. And building habit takes time. It's not easy to essentially initiate new behavior and maintain that behavior. So when athletes can start to integrate small moments of stress management or self-care built off of pre-existing habits, that can be really helpful. It kind of provides them with this structure. Like, okay, every time at night when I brush my teeth, finish brushing my teeth, I'm going to practice one minute of deep breathing, right? Because that tooth brushing happens every night, ideally, for parents out there, right? So when they do that, then right away that triggers them to say, oh, right, and now I do my deep breathing as well. So from a tools and strategy standpoint, 
I already said it, the deep breathing can be really, really impactful. Um, I like to work with athletes on three, three, six breathing, where they breathe in for three, hold for three, and exhale for six. The purpose of that breathing is really to help athletes shift out of sympathetic nervous system response, where that arousal level kind of is climbing and climbing and climbing, helps put them into our rest or digest state, um, which can be really effective in moments of higher stakes, higher stress. So if they're practicing these things, when, quote, it doesn't matter quite as much, they're much better able to harness the tool when they need it. Um, that can be a great one. I like box breathing is something that people are often fairly familiar with. Um, practicing mindfulness. So the the practice of being aware and observant of the present moment without judgment. I like to encourage my athletes to work on mindful walks when they're going from one class to the next. So maybe every morning, again, habit stack, after they leave homeroom, they choose a sense as they walk from one class to the next class. And if it's, I want to pay attention to what I hear, right? Really kind of tuning into that sense, maybe what I see or what I smell in the hallway. Um, and then finally, I think a really big one that research has, has taken a significant look at is practicing gratitude, finding the goodness in their life, um, remembering to notice those things and savoring them, writing them down, sharing the experience with something else. Thinking about how lucky you are in that moment to be experiencing something so great. Um, gratitude is huge. And, and especially around the holidays where things can kind of, like the ball can start rolling and it can almost get away from us instead of staying present, <laughs> traveling on top of the ball, right? Like it might be moving quickly, but if you can stay engaged in that present and be thankful for the things that are happening around, that can be a really powerful yeah, sometimes we get on that hamster wheel and we just seem to have problems of trying to get off of it. It's funny yeah. that you bring up the mindfulness of things because I actually just kind of realized this the other day. I normally go for a nice midday walk, um, especially right now when there's no snow on the ground and it's it's yeah. a little bit cold, but I'm trying to get as much sun on my face as I humanly can uh, during the <laughs> yeah. middle of the day. But I always look forward to walking by this local coffee shop that we have because they usually, you know, people are in and out. So you get the wafting of freshly brewed coffee. And it's like, oh, it, yeah. I mean, it just sends my endorphins through the roof. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you look for those kind of things. And the gratitude thing, I think, is uh, yeah. uh, amazing, too, as well, once you start really breaking that down. Yeah. Speaking of great. Kind of, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just saying, it's kind of interesting what you say there, Marcus, like you're almost having these moments of mindfulness and gratitude, right? Because you're anticipating that wafting, that smell, and you know, it's coming. And so when we hold on to those experiences, what we actually start to do is prime our brain to look for them. So the story I always tell, I love dogs, like a lot. And I was on my way to work. It was snowy, one of the first snows last year. And I remember seeing a golden retriever puppy in the snow, just wiggling on its back. And I was dying laughing in my car. And I, I actually was practicing gratitude myself. And I wanted to write it down when I got to work. And so because I was going to write it down, but I couldn't in my car, I was thinking about that moment, that whole drive. And I got to work and I told all my coworkers, I was like, I saw the cutest thing this morning. And it really just kind of set me up to be in that headspace 
at least for the first half of the day, right? To kind of feel that sense of joy in this very kind of seemingly simple moment that stood out to me, just like walking by that coffee shop stands out to you and is something you you kind of anticipate and are excited for in your day. And sharing that too with your coworkers could have also yes. set them on a different trajectory because yes. it brings up brings up things for them too as well, which is great. Yeah. Um, Kelsey is going to be a part of our 50th anniversary workshop in association with the New England Revolution. Uh, the session is keeping the human in student athletes, learning to maintain balance and optimal performance. Now, without giving away the whole thing, because we want people to come see you and be a part of the workshop, <laughs> can you give us just a little sneak peek into what you're going to be talking about and why people should come to this session? Absolutely. So um, my goal in, in speaking to groups is always to provide some concrete tools and takeaways whether that's for student athletes, for parents, coaches, whoever I'm working with. Um, and I think this presentation in particular is really cool, really exciting, because so often as sport continues to become more and more competitive, I think the athlete mindset and sometimes parent and coach mindset, totally, totally for valid reasons, is that more of one thing is inherently better. Um, you know, so if I practice only soccer all the time, that's how I become my best athlete. Is there benefit to putting in that work? A thousand percent. But this session, I'm really looking to kind of explore the, the multifaceted human experience, right? To say that if we can actually fulfill all of the different pieces of our puzzle as a human, how does that actually improve our skill as an athlete? Right. So looking at idea of the idea of transferability of skills. Right. So athletes who might be engaging in different activities, whether that's music and art or other sports, how do those things and, and kind of finding satisfaction in those things really benefit us in perhaps our like primary endeavor, which in this case, I imagine for many is soccer. Um, so that's kind of where we're going. Um, I'm super, super excited to join um, you all on February 3rd. And I think we'll have some some good takeaways for people hopefully after the presentation. Well, I'm excited for the presentation. I always love the, the full development of a player just because yeah. they are more than just the player. You know, they're Absolutely. a soccer, you know, soccer is not who they are. Um, they're a friend, they're a son, yeah. they're a daughter. Um, you know, just so many different facets. And we need to make sure that we're incorporating that with all of our student athletes as we go forward. The 50th anniversary workshop is coming up on Saturday, February 3rd at Gillette Stadium. Tickets are now on sale. You can go to our website, www.mayouthsoccer.org. It's right there on the homepage. Click on it, get your tickets today and go see Kelsey's session. Kelsey Griffith, Mental Skills Specialist, Boston Children's Hospital. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Massachusetts Youth Soccer Association Final Score Podcast. Remember to give our podcast a five-star rating. This will help get the word out to others and let them know about our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.